the thanksgiving that I'm going to be talking to you about tonight from God's word is having a lifestyle of thanksgiving, building an attitude of thanksgiving in your life. And certainly um, um, not just an attitude, but even acts of thanksgiving. How, how should we be thankful to God as a biblical way? Uh, and just by way of and I want you to see that thanksgiving is actually a major theme in Scripture. And as we, and we know that it's to be a major attribute in the life of a Christian. I don't know how many of you saw Jim Sharbrock's uh, Facebook post uh, right before Thanksgiving. I sent it out to many people, uh, some 70 or 80. If I didn't make it to your house, you can find it on the web yourself. Not right now. Just save it to later. It's worth reading, but read it later. Uh, if you go to, if you just put in the words Albert Moeller, M-O-H-L-E-R, the first thing that pops up is Albert Moeller's website. Punch on it. It's page one on his website. But he wrote an article. Jim posted this article that Dr. Moeller wrote. It was entitled like this. They did not honor him or give thanks. And uh, the subtitle is why thanksgiving is inescapably theological. Now, the subtitle that Dr. Moeller has in this article underscores the idea that our understanding and practice of thanksgiving says much about our relationship to God, what we think about God, what we actually believe about ourselves, and what we think about life circumstances. The way we see Thanksgiving in Scripture and how it is applied to our life actually sets our worldview. You know, in this morning in Howard's Sunday school class, he read from the newspaper about some secular, you know, whole page about Thanksgiving that didn't even mention God. So who are you thankful to if you're not thankful to God? Well, we can be thankful to each other. We can even be thankful to loved ones. But if we leave God out of, out of the proposition of what it means to be thankful, we won't get to where God wants us to be. And what, in this brief message, I'm going to take one point from Dr. Moeller's article, and then I'm going to take six other points from scripture to come to, to present briefly, and this is a very high flyover, uh, briefly, a biblical uh, presentation of thanksgiving. And you, you notice that the title of, of this message in your notes is The Theology of Thanksgiving. On the slide, I changed it. This is a theology of thanksgiving. It's not the only one. This is very brief, very compressed. And you may develop your own theology of thanksgiving from Scripture. I just want to give you some touch points of how to think about thanksgiving from a biblical point of view. Let's look at this first point that I took from Dr. Moeller's message. And uh, the first point is I've listed it in your notes is unthankfulness. This is a negative view of thankfulness. The only one I have, unthankfulness 
its end or its result dishonors God and darkens the heart. If you look there at Romans, uh, and all of my scripture verses are from the English Standard Version. I personally prefer the New King James Version. But in deference to the fact that many of you use English Standard, I'm going with that tonight. And it's, it, it has all the scriptures well presented. Well, of course, this is, this is the passage where Paul writes that God's wrath is revealed from heaven against ungodliness. Well, he goes on to explain what ungodliness is. In, in verse 19, he says, those, what can be known about God is plain to, to the ungodly. Because God has revealed himself to them. And verse 20 says, for his invisible attributes, namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Now here's the point, and I've got it underlined for you. For although these God rejectors, the ungodly, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. And that's what that page on the Atlanta Journal was talking about. Not one mention of God instructing people, three accounts from three different people about what they were thankful for. No mention of being thanks to God. Well, the scripture goes on to say that those who refused to honor God and to give thanks to him, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. That kind of explains why our world seems so topsy-turvy sometimes. Well, let's look at point two. And again, this is a flyover. We're going to spend some time tonight actually praying, giving thanks to God after we go through these seven points. Point number two. When we look in the Old Testament, we see that thankfulness was an everyday part of Israel's worship before the sanctuary of God. When we look at First Chronicles 23.30, the scripture says this, speaking of the Levitical priest, and they were to stand every morning thanking and praising the Lord. And likewise at evening, and whenever burnt offerings were offered to the Lord on Sabbaths, new moons, and feast days, according to the number required of them regularly before the Lord. Now you just wonder how the Old Testament Levitical system got off the mark when they were spending every day thanking God. And, uh, but that's another message for another time. Well, the first mention of, of thanksgiving in the scripture is in Leviticus 7-11, 7, chapter 7, verse 11. When God gave his law through Moses, he instructed Israel to give a peace offering to God as an offer of thanksgiving. In Ephesians 2.14 reminds us that Christ himself was the fulfillment of this peace offering 
where it says, for he himself is our peace. So Thanksgiving was a part of the Levitical law, which was practiced daily in the, in the sanctuary. Well, the third point I want you to see as we briefly go over this uh, theology of Thanksgiving is that Thanksgiving is enjoyed in the goodness of God as creator and provider. You know, the Psalms are replete with shouts of thanksgiving, praise of thanksgiving, cries of thanksgiving. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, I had to remember this public school. I had to memorize Psalm 100. You remember that? Any of you older people remember having to do that in a public school? Well, Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5 is, is subtitled as a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now here it is. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is to all generations. This idea of being thankful to God is not just an an add-on. It's at the very heart of worship. You know, the Hebrew name for Psalms is Tehillim, which means praises. In Psalm 69, 30, Scripture says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And there's that Hebrew parallelism where praise and thanksgiving are, 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 are pictured as almost one and the same, different aspects. So when, when we... Thanksgiving is a way of praising God. When you're giving thanks to God, you're actually praising him. Just think for a moment. Uh, if we thank him for the beauty of his creation, if we thank him for his holiness, his love, his mercy, his power, his wisdom, his truthfulness, his goodness, his provision, his salvation and deliverance, we're not only praising God, we're Evidencing a heart of thanksgiving. Now, fourthly, thankfulness is embodied in the very heart and life of Christ. At every point in the earthly ministry of Christ, we see and hear Christ giving thanks to the Father. From the beginning of his ministry in the wilderness to his death on the cross, his resurrection and ascension into heaven, he is thankful to God, his Father. Now, I might remind you of something. Christ, as you know full well, did not have an easy life. He suffered all things in his flesh 
which is just like yours. He was confronted with demonic spirits. He was constantly met with an onslaught of the sick and the lame, seeking healing. Crowds pressed him at every point. He was often tired in his flesh. He encountered unbelief, rejection at every turn from the first year of his ministry. The Jewish rulers sought his death from that first year. And finally, he endured the shame and the agony of the cross, never losing his heart of thankfulness. Now, you might remember in Luke 17, starting with verse 11, Jesus taught a parable about the ten lepers, and he healed ten of them. And how many returned to give glory to God and to give thanks? Only one. I think it would be a bridge too far to say perhaps only 10% of worshipers are really thankful. But the one that was thankful, he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a foreigner. But the parable is powerful in teaching that few recognize and give thanks to Christ. Well, the scripture says that he was made like us, Hebrews 2. 17. He had to be made like his brothers in all respects in his suffering. So what sustained Jesus in the flesh was the same Holy Spirit, the same God's enabling grace that has promised to sustain each of us as believers. Through it all, Jesus maintained a heart of thanksgiving. And our own struggles in this life, we too can maintain a heart of thanksgiving. You know, I just, last year or the year before was one of the hardest years of my life. And I remember sitting in Howard's Sunday school class where he was teaching about joy and suffering. And uh, when he said it, he said, yes, that's it. Our Christian life is not joy then suffering, then joy, then suffering, more suffering than joy. You can have joy in the midst of suffering. And that's the way God intends. And I'll say more about that in just a moment. Well, where is our thankfulness rooted? Number five, it's due to our entry into the kingdom of God's beloved son. That's the root the basis of our of our thanksgiving in colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 12 through 14 paul writes this giving thanks to the father giving thanks to the father why he has qualified you to share in the inheritance inheritance of the saints in light He has delivered us, and here it is, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what's happening in our life, that is the basis of our Happiness in our thanksgiving, no matter how deep our our suffering is. 
Well, the point here is the scripture tells us about the inheritance we have in Christ in this passage. And for sure, as we begin to learn more about that inheritance, which we have already, but it just has not been fully realized, but we have it, it's ours already, the more thankful we'll be. And I'm not sure if most believers have a real sense of being delivered from the domain of darkness. That's not how we typically explain or express the gospel. It's just how the word explains it and expresses it. Most of us have a sense that salvation delivers us in the future from hell. But the scripture says we have been delivered already from the domain of darkness. But we're not just delivered from the domain of darkness. We're delivered to the kingdom of the beloved son of God, the father. Well, Acts 26, 18, and I probably almost refer, I refer to it frequently, maybe not every time I teach. Here's how Jesus considered the gospel in Acts 26, 18. Jesus considered this deliverance from the domain of darkness the very heart of the gospel. When he commissioned Paul, Jesus said this in 26.18, I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Those are Jesus' words. Well, as we grow in our understanding of what it means to be delivered from the domain of darkness, from the very power of Satan to the kingdom of God's own dear beloved Son, joy will come into our life. And we'll have a real sense of thanksgiving. This is the very heart of our thanksgiving in Christ. Well, sixthly, Thankfulness should be evident in the life of a faithful believer, a believer's life before God. And thankfulness, not incidentally, but thankfulness is a major theme of the book of Colossians. We've already seen in a key verse from chapter 1. In chapter 2, there's a key verse in chapter 2, in chapter 3, and in chapter 4. But in chapter 2, verse 7, we read this that we're to be rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I think you know what it means to abound in thanksgiving. Present tense here says it's a continuous action. But it means to be a, our life should be abundant in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be a major feature of our life in Christ. Now, uh, let's let, let's look at chapter 3 just briefly. And I think chapter 3 helps us better understand how we're to abound in, Christ, in thanksgiving in Christ. Here's what Colossians 3, 15 through 17 says. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, 
And here it is. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And here it is again. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is again. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. He always is the instrument and the agency of our thankfulness. And I would just say, dear friends, if you are sensing a lack of thankfulness in your life, you have to look first to your relationship with Christ. Not whether you're saved or not. It might be the issue. But whether you're abiding in Christ, whether you're walking with Christ, whether you have drawn near to Christ to experience this thankfulness. Well, we could take a couple of weeks to go through those two passages in Colossians. But this is a flyover, and we don't have time to land. So we're just going to move on. But did you notice, just in summarizing these two verses, or these two passages, did you notice the threefold mention of thankfulness? I emphasized it for you. Verse 15, be thankful. Verse 16, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And here's the point. Thankfulness to God does not flourish in our flesh. It's not something we can gin up in our hearts. It's dependent on our relationship with Christ. And and, and here's the dependency. Verse 15, we're dependent that on Christ's peace ruling in our hearts. In verse 16, Christ's word dwelling in us. And in verse 7, whatever we do in word or deed, we do in the name of Christ, which means we do it unto Christ. Well, Christ's peace ruling, Christ's word dwelling, doing all in the name of Christ is the formula and I use that in the best sense of the biblical precept for thanksgiving. Well, here's the counterpoint. Someone may say, well, that's fine. But when tragedy hits, when I'm faced with real hardship, thankfulness is difficult for me, if not impossible. And it is impossible in our flesh. What we want to do in our flesh is give up, give in, and give out. We do not have the strength in our own flesh to be thankful in the midst of deep tragedy, deep difficulty, deep hardship. When we're, you know, when you're in deep is when you say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you. And that's, that's the beginning of realizing that your, your, your flesh is bankrupt in having hope and having joy and having a heart of thanksgiving. Well, God's grace is sufficient in our weakness. 
It's the sovereignty and sufficiency of God, which is our strength and the struggle and the source of our joy. First Thessalonians says this in 5, 16 and 18, verses 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you in all circumstances. You can't rejoice in suffering. You can't be thankful in suffering. Um, Unless it's sometimes hard to pray in suffering. But this is God's will for us and God will answer the prayer. God, help me. Deliver me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Thank you, God, for protecting. You know, it can always get worse in suffering. It can always be a lot worse in your circumstances. So you can at least be thankful that you haven't gone to the end, the deepest depth of suffering. That alone is a good basis for thanking God for his mercy. Well, time and courtesy does not permit me to identify people in our church who are going through or have gone through or maybe are on the front end of going through deep suffering. You know who they are without me calling the names. And it's not just onesies and twosies in our church. We have a large number of people who are suffering a trial or a hardship or have done it in our church. And you know what? That's God getting us ready for him to use our church. We can, we will not be used as a church unless God has taken us through some fairly deep waters. And so we can count it joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith will strengthen us for the work that Christ calls us to do. So we're not alone in the struggle. My my great one of my greatest joys is being with people who have gone through deep suffering and share out of their heart their confidence in Christ, their hope in Christ. And if you don't know someone or if you don't have a friendship with someone that has gone through or is going through uh, that could be an a, a important part of your own spiritual growth. Well, let me move lastly to number seven. Thankfulness is ever-present in the worship of God in heaven. Ever-present. Present right now. We look into heaven to see what those who are already in the life to come are doing. And we see it in Revelation 7:11. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom. And here it is, thanksgiving 
and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Thanksgiving right now being offered in heaven by the angels from saints already departed. It's a glorious thing to think. It's a glorious thing to honor God with our thanksgiving on earth. There's a sense in which we join in with the honor and the, the thanks and the praise of God in heaven that is going on constantly. So when we do it maybe today and we don't do it the Wednesday, anytime we do it, we're joining in. So we can join in anytime to join the worship in heaven right where we are. So let's don't give up that privilege. I think somebody told me this morning that they had just learned or just heard it spoken. You know, we often say evangelism evangelism is one thing you won't do in heaven. It's done. You're done. But guess what? Rejoicing and giving thanks to God in suffering will not be a part of your life in heaven. You'll give thanks for what Christ suffered, but right now we can give joy and thanksgiving to God in our suffering. Well, we who love and follow Christ are called to join in this thanksgiving. We should not wait in spite of our circumstances. We already have reason to join in thanksgiving. So let me leave you this with a concluding thought. We first saw that those who reject God in unbelief have their hearts darkened. You know, that darkening of the heart is associated with the domain of darkness. Those who have rejected God are in the domain of darkness. They haven't been delivered out of it. But we who are in Christ have been delivered from the domain of darkness to the light, to the kingdom of God's own beloved son. We have the basis for thanksgiving. So this means in closing, no matter what is happening to you, no matter what is happening to your loved ones, this one truth, this one truth alone can be the basis for our eternal thanksgiving in Christ. And when I say eternal, I mean it begins now and can be never-ending. We must honor God with our thanksgiving.